0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our webinar today on virtual hearings in New York. We're going to discuss uh, how virtual hearings are being rolled out across the state. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Declan Gourley. Christian Cisan.
1: Tishia Rasool.
0: And we're just going to get
2: started with how they've been implemented, what are the advantages uh, to the defense, and how we see it playing out in the future, right? So, if anybody knows anything about our webinars, it's a familiar screen. We'll be taking questions in real time. Please feel free to uh, jot them down now. Uh, We'll answer them at the end of the presentation. Okay, so Tashia, what's new about a virtual hearing and how does it compare to an in-person hearing?
1: Okay, so what's new is that it no longer takes place in the actual physical courtroom, or at least for the attorneys at this point. The the judges are still in the courtrooms, right? So we can be in our office, we log in on the computer, with uh, a camera capability, and we are seeing the judge, the claimant's attorney, the claimant, whoever's there physically at this time, um, we can see them remotely. And um, the proceedings take place as normal. It's the the only difference is that the parties are not in the same physical location. And the reason I said that the judges and um, the claimants and the claimant's attorney are still in the same room is because it's not fully... um, across-the-board mandatory for the claimants and the claimant's attorney to appear virtually at this time.
2: Right. It's, it's not it's not mandatory for really any party, but I think it, it really benefits, uh, you know, firms that have the technological capability and can also benefit our clients uh, for various reasons. But the basics of it is that whether or not you're appearing virtually or, or in person, you have to check in virtually uh, by website. There's no longer that uh, in-person uh, customer service sign in for attorneys to do so at the virtual hearing points. Uh, Webex conferencing is the specific technology that's being used uh, to go through and, and, and virtually attend and appear. Uh, so it's a little bit
0: different. Um, Declan, any anything to add as to what's new? So the biggest difference obviously is that we can, not we don't have to travel to hearing points anymore if you decide that you want to sign in virtually as long as the hearing, uh, and we'll discuss in detail what hearing points are available, but as long as your hearing has uh, virtual hearing capability, you can sit in your office, uh, log in, and appear for a hearing as if you were in court, um, and you can do this at multiple hearing points pretty pretty quickly, obviously, um, but the biggest thing is that we don't actually have to travel to a physical hearing point if we mm-hmm. no longer right. choose to. Right, so
2: this is the New, York's, uh, New York State's guide uh, for uh, anybody that wants to appear virtually. It's basically a 14 to 15 page manual, that tells you uh, how, what technological, technological capability you need with your system to uh, appear virtually, uh, there are certain requirements as far as browsers and, and internet speed, uh, and tells you exactly what you need to do in order to follow through with the process. Now, it's a guide, and we put it in quotes because it's not actually required, right? Like right. Everybody can still appear uh, in person if they really want to. Mm-hmm. and there isn't any actual codification or statutory requirement that the board has actually put into place for this, right?
1: Correct, yes.
2: Okay, so these are uh, the list, this is a list of the current hearing points. Uh, 16 of them are virtual before today, and we're going to add two to that list, uh, Buffalo and Jamestown, you'll see that on a a slide later, but right now what we have is as not virtual is Newburgh and New City among others,
0: right? And we have some rumors as to when apparently discussions are that Newburgh as of September will be going virtual. Again, this is nothing official from the board. And New City is anticipated to go virtual in July. I believe the date I heard was July seventeenth. Uh, New City was will be using White Plains judges. So the judge that's in White Plains sitting, which is if you don't know the 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 uh geographical location of New City and, and White Plains, they're really only about 20 minutes away from each other. One is on one side of the, the Tappan Zee Bridge and the other one is on the other side of Tappan Zee Bridge.
2: That's it's really interesting rumor that is accompanied
0: by an exact
2: concrete date,
0: right? Well, I mean, unless, until you see it on the board website, I wouldn't take it as official, but that is what court reporters have been listing as dates that they've been told. I love rumor mongering, <laughs> that's great. So if we then take into
2: account these two hearing points that are virtual today that includes all the 16 on this list and we're now at 18 out of 25 Mm -hmm. that's about that's 72 percent of the entire state that is virtual today and really puts the board on track to get everything rolling by the end of
0: the year and i would anticipate at the end of the year whenever everything is virtual presumably that maybe then they'll put something in the statue. It won't be just a, here's the guide. The guide, right. yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's not hold our <laughs> breath on that one, but you're probably right. Okay,
2: these are the three or four biggest hearing points that really haven't been announced. Uh, I think similar to the rumors that you've heard, uh, I've heard that Queens will actually be virtual in September or October, uh, which is going to be inter- interesting based on the fact that it's one of the highest case Uh, populations in the entire state, so it's going to affect the most people, Uh, but technology has been improving and really uh, been fairly good in these virtual hearings, right? So I wouldn't have any reason to doubt that these four hearing points are are really on the radar.
1: Right. So I've also heard that the reason these hearing points are um, the last on the list to go virtual is because of volume of cases and they're concerned about how um, the cases are going to be handled in a particular day however they made brooklyn the large hearing point guinea pig by making one of the first ones to be virtual back in january and i personally do hearings in brooklyn that's my hearing point and i can say with even with the high volume it's been successful so far you know in the beginning there were a few wrinkles um, but uh it's you know it's been smooth sailing so i i do believe that before the end of the year the remainder of the hearing points are going to be virtual they've been doing a really good job with the technology speaking of the technology we haven't had any issues really logging on to the virtual hearings we've all done them um, it's it's a pretty modern setup technology it's it's really easy user friendly just a couple of clicks and you're there virtually in the courtrooms
2: I think that's a good point you know when, when this first came up in uh, January or December right, what would you say was the overarching uh, feel from practitioners that, about this process? I mean, I would say that it was one of cynicism. You know, like this oh, yes. wasn't going to happen. And the fact that we are now in June, six months in, and 72% of the state's hearing points are now virtual. You know, this is this is all systems to go. This is this is going to be in place by mm-hmm. the end of the year without any real uh, pushback. Although, I guess. We do have to wait for the claimant's bar to send uh, people outside of the hearing points to picket if they want something changed, like the SLU guidelines. Well, right? I wouldn't say there's
0: been no pushback. I will say that, again, another rumor. <laughs> there's a rumor that the actual judges have filed a lawsuit, and I'm presumably against the state uh, because it violates their civil service contract. Again, this is pure rumor, and we have not verified this, but it's my understanding that there is some significant pushback, and I don't know exactly what their uh, axe to with this would be. Um, somewhere against the technology of course um, but yeah I agree that when this was first began in Menanz up in Albany um, back in I think it was January initially rolled out I think most people were saying oh this is gonna start in Albany and it's gonna end in Albany but very quickly it started in Albany then it was in Hudson mm-hmm. and the local hearing points in the capital right. district and then quickly moved to other places like uh, Poughkeepsie and um, now it's in, most recently White Plains
2: Right. I've actually heard too from a judge that the requirement for being a judge now is to have a certain level of typing skill, like speed. So that's, I, I think it's part of this initiative to get things done more efficiently, and I, I can certainly see judges pushing back on that uh, kind of aspect. But let's talk about benefits, right? Um, the very first and obvious one that Declan uh, brought up earlier was the fact that you wouldn't have any costs for traveling to the hearing, right? I mean, if we can just attend the hearing in our own offices and really represent our clients uh, with the same vigor that we do at the hearing point, it's a win-win for our clients, right?
1: I agree, yes. Um, it also enables us to um, better communicate with the adversaries prior to the hearings um, for things like settlement or even getting documentation and so forth because a lot of times we request those at the hearing and they say, well, I have to speak with my client um, I can't give you an answer right now, I can't give you the signed documents right now. The board in its guide requires the parties to email all documents or file them with the board five days before the hearings. So the adversaries or the opposing parties can actually have access to the documents at the time of the hearings and the adversaries now knowing that it's a little harder because all of the parties are not in court to discuss issues they're forced to be responsive to us when we reach out to them in between hearings to um, move the cases forward to settle to you know uh, get information that we need for the claims and so forth so i think that's definitely a plus to it it helps to um, better for better litigation purposes.
2: It's a great segue to the second bullet point. It's not (laughs) like we haven't done this before or something, right? Uh, No, it's a good point, right? Uh, Think about attachment trials, right? Where we have to essentially cross-examine a claimant based on his work search, but the attachment records aren't produced until the day of the trial. That's like commonplace in the workers' comp world. But with this specific guide that says Uh that five days, everything has to be in there, It allows us to make the argument that by appearing virtually, we don't have the ability to even review the documents on the same day. Right. And then really represent our client's interest with respect to that position as well. I think it also goes for stale medical. right? Yes. A lot Mm -hmm. of times we're uh, requesting a new hearing to suspend benefits because the claimant has decided, you know, oh, I'm getting benefits. So for three, four months, I'll just sit at home. And then they produce a piece of paper that says 100 on it right. on the day of the hearing. And, you know, we have to uh, adapt and find new defenses on, on the fly. I think this actually allows defense side to really, really hammer down on the points that uh, can help us uh, win cases.
1: Yes, and we've been successful in making those arguments so Absolutely. far, Absolutely. right?
0: Absolutely. Most recently, actually, at a hearing last week, I had a, a labor market attachment trial. And the claimer claim with our proofs. And the judge actually allowed the opportunity to either say to me, is this prejudicing you that you, I'm going to email these to you. So the, uh, the, the work attachment, which was only really five or six pages, was emailed to myself so I could review it. If it was anything more than that, I would have argued that it was prejudicial because I couldn't really effectively cross because i claimant it if it wasn't provided to me earlier, and I really couldn't review it and confirm that the position she was applying for were within restrictions. But um, under the circumstances, it was pretty straightforward. Um, and we prevailed and argued that she wasn't attached. That was another good thing, obviously. But uh, they are giving us the opportunity to at least make an argument that if these aren't provided five days in advance and I don't have it, I'm being prejudiced and this shouldn't be considered and either continuing the case for a future date and presumably suspending benefits as of that date or uh, basically making a finding on that date that the claimant's not attached or doesn't have sufficient medical evidence. I think that's a good point, right? I
2: mean, because the, the value of the virtual hearing really enhances a firm like us, because we actually provide the most value to our clients in between the hearings. right. Yes. I mean you mentioned getting the settlements and forcing the attorneys to come to the negotiating table before the hearing as opposed to just kind of waiting for that hearing date, right? because if they don't do it in a timely manner, they could face preclusion of their doctors or or you know not being able to produce reports on time, that kind of thing. And that's where we come in to really provide that
0: value in between hearings that we're very good at. I would say another benefit at least recently i've noticed is witness participation Um, i've had a couple of trials now where we've had witnesses and they've actually appeared virtually they sat in their work location signed in from either their cell phone or a laptop and testified and a lot of the times when we do this we get witnesses i mean just think about this no one wants to come to workers comp and take the time of their day and go to court and testify presumably against a co-worker um but if you're able to sit in your office you really don't have an argument that oh, I, I can't make time in my day for her to go to court half the day. So. Right, you don't have to lose salary for that
2: day. If you're, you know, right. you can be at your office and still testify for 20 minutes, uh, that's a good, great point. And I think that the fact that it's uh, not preventing us from winning those trials is another added bonus.
1: And also our clients can log into the hearings and see what their attorney is doing also, which is – a big plus, right? right, right.
2: I think I think a lot of people would typically be be scared, but I think we invite that uh, carrier and employer participation to mm-hmm. make sure that we are doing and carrying out the directives that uh, are provided to us. Right. I think that's a really important way to uh, kind of open the door and show everybody this is what we're doing and this is the value that we're providing. Uh, it's certainly available and we would welcome anybody that would want to participate in our hearings as well. Okay, so we've gone over the benefits uh, as well as the hearing points that are now virtual uh, and basically shown to you guys that it's essentially going to be rolled out very quickly. So uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, please feel free uh, to ask. And uh, Mr. Producer, do we have any? All right, so first question is Mark J saying, You've already answered my question. (laughs) All right, good, Mark. Good. Uh, Um, And just so that everyone knows what that question was, it was, is it possible for an employer or carrier to sit in on the hearing virtually? Yeah, so so Mark had essentially asked what we just answered regarding employer and carrier participation. Uh, I think one thing to note that you know, in the in-person hearings, that has been approached, right? Like, but we would essentially have to ask the judge, like, hey, can, can uh, my clients sit in on yes. this and really watch the trial? And my experience is that the judges just simply use their discretion to simply allow uh, parties of interest into the hearing room. So I've had success with them sitting in, but I haven't had success in other cases. And I think the specific... Uh, permission for the employer and carrier to participate in the virtual hearings kind of takes away The the possibility that the judge just basically says no you're gone go home kind of thing
1: Right the judges have no control over who is going to appear as long as they're you know party a party to the case
2: Right, and, I, and if you weren't a party to the case you wouldn't have the, the hearing ID and, and the, right. the, the codes to get in so uh, that, that that would be something that uh, We can
0: certainly have arranged I don't know if there's any other questions, but uh, in the last two webinars we had the same question, which was a question about claimants that appeared. Um, it is mandatory that attorneys that are appearing via w- the virtual hearing process have a webcam, so we can't, we're can we not supposed to appear just audio. Uh, claimants apparently can appear with just audio. I've had, had it happen a couple of times so far. Um, some adjusters and carriers and clients of ours have been concerned about how this would affect, how do we verify that the person is actually the claimant? And my response was basically this was an issue even before the virtual hearing process especially in upstate hearing points where claimants commonly don't come to the hearing point they're just available by phone the judge would verify their identity by asking them a new various questions as their date of birth the last four of their social who their most recent employer was those types of things so those are the ways that they verify uh, a claimant who's testifying in a virtual hearing and i don't think it changes anything other than because before they could appear by video oh sorry by phone and they're still able to do the same thing, so this is not a, affect effect in any way. That's a good point, right? Because we we want to make sure that the people
2: who are appearing as claimants are the claimants for our cases. Uh, but I think on the flip side, if they aren't the claimants, and they're probably less likely to testify to the facts of their case, it almost hurts the credibility of their case. They have someone subbing in and just memorizing a social security number or date of birth, but uh, like you said, that's still a problem here today, even without the virtual hearing, so I don't know that the virtual uh, progress of the board has really affected that. All right, John W. Answers uh, asked the question, can any party require in-person
1: attendance of witnesses?
0: So the question from John W. was, can any party require in-person appearances of witnesses? And. Uh, I guess you'd have to give a very specific reason why that would be necessary, but I cannot imagine. I've seen nothing that requires an in-person witness. Um, the, the virtual hearing basically allows for anyone, it's not mandatory, it's it's voluntary, but it basically allows any party of interest to appear virtually. I mean, uh, yeah,
2: you'd, you have to make the request before the trial. I, I think that uh, if you can uh, prove that you don't have the technological capability to really appear virtually, then I don't think we can require virtual appearances to be mandatory, but like they are now, it's still just, you know, voluntary, right? If we want a witness to come in for whatever reason, if that may have an effect, I mean, that can certainly be discussed for that witness to appear in person. Okay, and that's all the questions you have. All right, well, that's all the questions we have. You can uh, certainly email us or call us if any questions uh, further arise. Do want to remind you, Buffalo and Jamestown today uh, are virtual making it 18 out of 25 of the New York State hearing points that are virtual and that means that all those cases you have up there should be coming to, to us. us okay <laughs> right you'll get that lowest tailored custom bespoke defense that you really wish you had up there but you couldn't because they're too far away they're not anymore we can appear virtually and that's basically it right guys yeah. I want to thank everybody for coming. This this is going to be a monthly webinar series when new hearing points get rolled out, and just reminding you exactly why we're as good as we are. And uh, we'll be we'll be sure to see you next month.